Hello again. We are so happy you've returned for another story about the Peters children. This week's story, Pearson and Penelope Mope Around, is the second in a two-part story continued from last week's Pearson and Penelope Go to Camp. As we do every week, we've included a line from a hymn or a hymn title within the story. If you recognize it, send in your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winner was Kirsten of Lafayette, California, who sent in the winning answer of Near the Cross. From the story, Pearson and Penelope go to camp. So way to go, Kirsten! Now in this week's story, there is a reference to a race Pearson ran. If you're unfamiliar with that story, you can go back and listen to Pearson Peters' race, which we would encourage you to do. Okay, now it's time for this week's story. Penelope was lying on the floor, face up, with arms outspread, running her hands back and forth across the beige carpet pile, making carpet angels. She stared mindlessly at the ceiling, reliving her week at Evergreen Mountain Bible Camp, a most recent memory. She and Pearson had returned on Saturday morning, and here it was only Monday afternoon, and her heart ached with longing to return to camp. Oh, it wasn't that she didn't love home and family, because of course she did, but camp had simply been dreamy. She had had so much fun. It had been such a sweet time to experience true meditation on Jesus and to consider her responsibility to Christ, to walk in newness of life and not according to her worldly desires. Of course, there were all the friendships she had made, too. She had become especially close to Katie, who came to understand the gospel for the first time at camp. Penelope treasured her meeting with Katie's foster parents, Steve and Jan. When they had come to pick up Katie, at about the same time that Daddy and Mama Peters had arrived to pick up Pearson and Penelope, because Penelope and Katie only lived about an hour apart, the families had agreed to get the girls together every once in a while, which Penelope was hoping that would be sooner rather than later. Pearson, who was in the same mindset as Penelope, was sitting on the couch, twirling the fringed end of a blue throw pillow. He, too, had loved camp, and he was quietly longing for more of it. Like Penelope, he adored Daddy and Mama Peters and his sisters Patience and Priscilla, but he only wished that he could go back and play one more game of Capture the Flag. He had nearly captured it himself on the last day. His mind went back to that day, and he relished the memory of himself in his own mind, sprinting hard toward the finish. He had been, oh, so close to the finish only to be tagged by the faster and much older Bradley Longworth, who was actually a junior counselor as a freshman in high school. Being chased down by Bradley was an honor in itself that affirmed Pearson's flying feet. After Bradley had tagged him, he looked at Pearson admiringly. Pearson reveled in the remembrance of what Bradley had said to him when he tagged him. Wow, you're fast, dude. Pearson certainly knew that he needed to get his mind off himself. He had long ago memorized Philippians 2.3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves, and instead give glory to God. And he knew what the Bible said about boasting, that if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord alone. He knew too well the folly of thinking of oneself too highly, and as he sat on the couch, he recalled that race which he should have won as the fastest runner in his grade. But his pride in thinking he knew more than Daddy Peters 
prevented him from taking Daddy's advice to start slow and steady. And he had come in dead last. He grimaced at the memory. But he was weak, like any other person, and he allowed his mind to run away with itself, not paying any heed to prudence or holiness in that moment. So when his baby twin sisters Patience and Priscilla began to wail, as often the twins did, neither Pearson nor Penelope looked up at all. Both of them were caught up and carried along in their fantastical world of Evergreen Mountain Bible Camp. Patience's hand was stuck in the back of the chair she had been playing on, and though she wasn't in any pain, she could not unwedge it from between the slats, and Priscilla, seeing her sister so upset, naturally began crying. The twins hadn't wailed too long before Mama Peter stormed into the room, apron covered in flour and hands dripping. It was obvious that she had been working hard in the kitchen, only to be interrupted by the cries of her twins. She had quickly washed her hands, and without drying them, she had rushed to the scene. She quickly turned Patience's hand so that the slats released their grip on her chubby wrist. She picked up both girls in a show of strength and turned to her older kids, who had been mere feet from the action. Why couldn't either one of you have helped Patience? I ask you guys to keep an eye on the twins while I cook dinner. Mama Peters looked rather flustered when Penelope snapped too. Oh, sorry, Mama Peters. I, I wasn't paying attention. Penelope was somewhat chagrined. Yeah, same here. Pearson said, a little too flippantly. Well, please pay attention. You guys have been sulking all day long, and it's not helpful. Okay, they both replied. Please be helpful. Penelope, Katie's foster mom, Mrs. Lloyd, called and said they have a big surprise. So their entire family is going to come this Saturday for dinner. I could use a little bit of help because even though it's only Monday, I thought it would be nice to make some friendship bread. So that means I must start it today in order to have it for Saturday. I need you to help me with that. I think it'll be a yummy and appropriate dessert to serve them on Saturday. Penelope had stopped listening to Mama Peters after the initial announcement that Katie was coming on Saturday. Her heart felt like it would leap out of her chest in excitement, and she let out a loud, Yahoo! She and Katie could rehash their memories from camp, and it was going to be a grand time to have someone who understood all of the awesomeness of camp with her. Katie would be able to relive it all with Penelope. Mama Peters wasn't finished with her talk to the children. Pearson, you need to take care of the girls while we get the starter going for the friendship bread, okay? Mama Peters looked at Pearson, who still seemed disengaged, as he nodded without feeling. I'm going to go upstairs and look through my camp photo album, Mama Peters, Penelope announced as she started toward the stairs. Hold it! Mama Peters yelled out, not angrily, but quite forcefully as she saw the speed with which Penelope was traveling. What about the friendship bread, Pen? Friendship bread? Oh, are you making friendship bread? Oh, that's a great idea. Let me know when it's ready, because I want a big fat piece. I can't wait to sink my teeth into that cinnamon goodness, Penelope responded as she continued to make her way to her room. Penelope Susanna Peters, Mama burst out. Penelope knew better than to continue upstairs. She stopped immediately. Ah, uh, yes, Mama Peters? Penelope was slightly nervous. Mama Peters rarely used Penelope's entire name. She knew very well that when Mama or Daddy Peters called them by their entire name, they had better pay attention. It reminded Penelope of the time that Matthew Pendleton had dipped Bonnie Harris's pigtails into the bottle of red paint that was on the table behind her and Mrs. Grable had yelled out, Matthew Pendleton! 
Of course, she didn't say his middle name, probably because she didn't know it. But either way, every kid turned in his direction and knew that whatever he had done, he was going to be in big trouble. Calling someone, especially a kid, by their whole name was a fearful thing. So Penelope listened quite intently to Mama Peters. What is going on? I told you that I wanted help in making the friendship bread, and you didn't even seem to hear me, Penelope. And Pearson is acting the exact way as you are. You both are in dreamland, and I'm not too thrilled about this. I'm sorry, Mama Peters. Okay, I'm coming to help with the friendship bread. And off they went to the kitchen. Pearson absentmindedly watched Patience Priscilla play on the carpet. Mama Peters did her best to elicit conversation with Penelope, but Penelope didn't respond with anything but one-word answers. So, Pen, what do you like best about friendship bread? Cinnamon? Are you enjoying the summer? Yes. What's been your favorite part so far? Camp? While you were gone away at camp, did you miss us? Yes. Are you glad to be home? Mostly. Well, would you like to live at camp? Yes. Mama Peters had asked that last question with irritation in her voice. Camp, camp, camp. Everything was about camp, and she was growing downright angry by her children's attitudes. But being as lost as she was in her own world, Penelope didn't even notice how she had hurt Mama Peters' feelings. At dinner that evening, Pearson and Penelope sat in silence as Mama and Daddy Peters exchanged knowing and bothered glances. A spark in Daddy Peters' eye had caught Mama Peters, and she immediately understood the pre-plan between them. Mama Peters, we had such a great time when it was just you and me and the twins. It was so nice to have early bedtimes and be able to have a quiet dinner. I sure miss that, Daddy Peters said. Oh, I know. It was so nice. It was nice to have far less laundry, and the house didn't get messy at all. Because Patience and Priscilla don't use every single toy in the house every time they play. I love that. Oh, for sure. And Mama Peters, you had way more time to spend with us because of how much less time you had to spend on the chores. That was great, because we got to play so many games together. It was also nice to watch two movies without commentary the whole way through. Absolutely, Mama Peters responded. Oh, and what about the night that we got to go out to dinner, and we didn't have to spend nearly as much money so we could enjoy our milkshakes at the end. Oh, yes, that was a great night. Daddy and Mama Peters were getting more and more carried away in their game of remember when? That they pretended not to notice Pearson and Penelope's gaze on them. They had begun listening intently to Daddy and Mama's conversation. You had milkshakes? Penelope couldn't believe it. Sure did, Daddy Peters replied without even looking at her. And you watched two? Movies? Pearson demanded to know. We loved them, Mama Peters answered nonchalantly. What? Pearson looked befuddled. Well, I sure would have, I, I, I sure would have, I, I sure would have liked to have heard about the two movies you watched and, and about how you went out to dinner and had milkshakes. Daddy Peters stopped and looked straight at Pearson and Penelope at the same time and answered pointedly. You guys didn't ask about our week. Why was that? It's true, Pearson Penn. All of the things Daddy Peters and I have been reminiscing about are true. But do you know that we are expressing them to you now with a purpose? We want both of you to recognize what you've been putting us through since yesterday. 
What do you mean? Penelope was finally engaged in the conversation with her parents. Both of you have been moping around because you've been missing camp and you've been unwilling to adjust to the reality of your home life. I understand it. I get that feeling because I had it when I was a kid too. It has been unkind and inconsiderate to your present company, Mama Peters and me, to treat us as though you'd rather not be here. Pearson's face lit up as though he had been hit by a lightning bolt. Oh, Daddy Peters, I am so sorry. It's just that I love camp so much, but I love you guys so much too. Penelope nodded her agreement. Mama Peters and I love you, and even though we did have some nice time, in other ways, we missed you. But it's most important to remember that God gives all things in seasons. When you experience something good and out of the ordinary, be content and grateful for that particular season, but allow that season to pass as is natural. When you try to hang on to that season and those memories, it's a fantasy world you're living in. It's okay to enjoy memories and let other people enjoy those memories as you talk about them. Mama Peters and I want to enjoy those memories too, and we would love to hear about your camp experiences. But when you keep them from us because you're determined to try to live in that fantasy world, you're reflecting the discontentment for the reality that God has given. You also show a lack of care and consideration for those around you, the ones who are left out of your fantasy world. You're essentially saying to us, I don't care for you nearly as much as I care about this other world. And it applies in all situations. If I'm on the phone too much when I'm with you, or engrossed in my work too much, or paying too much attention to my goals or exercising too much, then something is off kilter. I'm not considering others more highly than myself. I want to satisfy my own desires instead of showing interest in the desires of others. Just like it says in Philippians. I actually remembered that verse this morning. Pearson sounded glum. Daddy Peters, that is so true. It was Penelope's turn to chime in. All I could remember was the fun stuff at camp. And I just wanted to live in that place. But it's not because I don't love you, because I loved you, and I missed you so much. Penelope burst out, almost as though she was about to cry. Sweetie, we get it. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit has softened your hearts to understand how you were not being considerate. And even though we also had a good time during your week at camp, we love you and we are so glad you're home. Mama Peter stopped talking and walked first to Pearson and then to Penelope, giving each of them a great big hug. After Pearson and Penelope had acknowledged their thoughtlessness of moping around, they both snapped out of their fantasy land of Evergreen Mountain Bible Camp and resumed normal life at the Peters' home the rest of the week. Once again, they began to enjoy the time with Daddy and Mama Peters and their twin sisters. The week seemed to fly by, and it was finally Saturday. Penelope had been looking forward to this day all week, the day when her new friend from camp, Katie, along with her foster parents Steve and Jan Lloyd, and her foster siblings, were coming to their house for dinner. The house had been cleaned, and dinner was ready. Around six that evening, the doorbell rang. Penelope sprinted to the door and greeted Katie with a huge hug. She invited Katie and her foster family in. Daddy and Mama Peters exchanged greetings and heartfelt joy that Christians share with one another. There was excited chatter and laughter, and then it was time to eat. They all took their places around the table, and Daddy Peters began to pray. Lord, we thank you so much for bringing Katie... Jan and Steve, 
and the rest of their family to eat with us tonight. Thank you for a safe trip and the joy of friendship. But more, thank you for the joy of eternal friendship, knowing that Katie is a new creature in Christ and that we share in that bond with her. We can't thank you enough that you unite us as believers everywhere and that because of your death and resurrection, we have hope of seeing you and one another in heaven for eternity. And thank you for placing Katie with her foster parents who have pointed her to you. We are overjoyed by your plan of salvation. We thank you too for the delicious food and for Mama Peters' service in preparing it all. We love you, Lord. Amen. Daddy Peters had barely gotten the word amen out of his mouth. When Katie burst out, I have something to say. I was going to wait, but Daddy Peters' prayer made me just want to share it with you guys right now. I told Penelope all about my life last week, and I feel a special friendship with her. That's why we came here, because we wanted to share the exciting news, and I, and I, I, just, I just can't wait anymore. Everything in my life has been changing for the last year since I moved in with the Lloyds, and since last week, when I really understood what repentance is, and since I began believing in Jesus, things, well, well things have changed even more. I learned that I have a father or a dad in heaven. And not only that, but, 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 I'm, I, I'm being adopted by my new parents, Jan and Steve. They're not Jan and Steve to me anymore, but now they're mom and dad. Katie had tears rolling down her cheeks as she proclaimed her good news. Penelope couldn't believe her ears. She glanced around at the table at all the happy faces. Daddy and Mama Peters had stood up, and they were hugging Mr. and Mrs. Lloyd, and Penelope was hugging Katie. Tears of uninhibited joy and happiness were flowing freely. When the hugging had finally stopped, and everyone was back at the table, Daddy Peters told everyone that he wanted to pray again. Lord, we are astounded by your kindness and your gospel truth as it is on display in this adoption. Daddy Peters' voice was filled with emotion and feeling. You chose Katie before the foundation of the world to be adopted into your eternal family. But in your great mercy and grace, you have caused her to be adopted into an earthly family as well. Lord, you have given us a marvelous picture of what you have done for all of us who believe. When we were dead in our sins, you rescued us, and you rested your love on us, and you called us to be your own, your family members, as your children, inheriting all of you. Lord, thank you for the beauty of earthly adoption, as it reflects your eternal adoption. Thank you, Lord, so much for giving Katie a forever family. Amen. At the end of the prayer, everyone's face was stained with tears, and Penelope began to think about her own family and how much she loved them. She realized that Katie would forever be changed by her new adoption, and Penelope felt gratefulness well up in her for her own adoption into God's family. Though the dinner was beginning to get cold, no one cared. Their hunger was overshadowed by their joy. They were silent for a moment before Daddy Peters began to sing in Christ alone, and everyone joined in with him. This is Grandmom's Corner. Wasn't that a lovely conclusion to our two-part story? So what about you? Have you ever gone on a trip, a vacation, or overnight camp, and you were sad when it was over? Growing up, going to camp was one of the highlights of my summer. 
I just loved going. But each year, it was the same kind of letdown when it was over. Like Penelope and Pearson, I had a hard time accepting that it had to end. However, as I began to mature in the Lord, I came to understand how selfish it is to daydream and live in a fantasy world where I would be the only one in it and I would do nothing but think about camp or the good times I had had. Instead of being content, as Hebrews 13.4 in the Bible commands us to be, be content with what you have, and being content is to be pleased or happy and not lusting or being greedy for more, I would mope around just like Penelope and Pearson. There is no denying that if you've had a great time somewhere and it ends, it's definitely hard to go back to real life at home. Real life probably means that you're part of a family unit, which is a great thing. But being part of a family means you have responsibilities. You might have chores to do. You might have to help out with a younger brother or sister. After summer is over, you have to attend school, and that's not always fun. And homework is even less fun. You might have to go to a job or help out with a family business. Most of us don't get to go to a restaurant or a cafeteria and get our choice of all kinds of yummy foods. We also probably don't get to buy an ice cream cone every day like Pearson and Penelope did at camp. At home, we usually have to eat the dinner that's been prepared for us and we have to help out with the after-dinner cleanup. And we sure don't get to go boating or jet skiing or fishing or swimming or ziplining or spend all the day with our friends in real life. That's what's called real life. If you go away this summer or to camp, have a great time and enjoy it. But remember, when it's over, don't get grumpy or mopey or complain. Don't be greedy and want more. Instead, thank the Lord for the time you were able to spend away having a great time. And thank whoever else made it possible for you to have a great time. If your mom and dad paid for you to go to camp, or on vacation, make sure to thank them too. When you arrive back home, get back into the swing of things and remember to give thanks, as it says to do in Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. We here at Whimsy Winds continue to pray for you, and we continue to pray that the stories we bring every week will remind you of how great God is and how much He loves you. The Lord willing, we'll be here next week. Bye for now.